lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny, your notoriously nostalgic newt. I know what a newt is. Yes. It was in uh, Matilda. Yes. That's actually a really good movie. One of my favorites. Um, Lavender. Another good movie, which I know is your shit, but I didn't really realize how good it really was. Kill Bill. Kill Bill is definitely one of my favorite movies. Both of them. Yeah, I rewatched. I was, it was on, you know, so I was in New York this week, mm-hmm. as was Danielle, and um, I was in the bed, and, you know, my father only has HBO, because that's the only thing. I think he gets a free for having DirecTV and AT&T. Mm-hmm. So it was on. I was like, fuck, let me just put it on. And I'm like, I don't remember these parts or, you know, like the part that I kind of came up on. Mm-hmm. She had already fought Vivica A. Fox's daughter. Not the daughter. She I fought mean, Vivica A. Fox. Vivica A. Fox. That was the beginning. It was, that was like the first, it was the beginning of the first movie. Yeah. Like, but. You saw the. the When I came in, it was Buck. Buck had just paid a dude to. Oh yeah, my name is Buck and I like, like to fuck. fuck. Yeah. Which is so fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. That shit probably really happens. It does. That's why you got people who like wind up. It was happening a couple years ago. When yeah, people, someone got pregnant. Yeah, because they were like comatose in a facility and like an orderly was like raping her. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry yeah. to go so left, but you know, welcome to another episode of Lover's Quarrel. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Mm-hmm. If it's your second time, welcome back. If it's your third or more time, as I call you, you're a lover. And it wouldn't be an episode if my phone does not go off. So exactly, welcome y'all. Did you like uh, welcome? And now, but now I'm curious. So you watched the first one? Yeah. Did you? Did you, did you ever see the second one? Yeah. I, well, I remember seeing parts of the second one. Did I, you? I want to rewatch both of them in, yeah. in their entire, like in their entirety. Did you like the uh, the scene at the uh, wait, Lucy Lou when like the, when she fought the the eighty eights? But yeah, but she didn't fight. Lucy Lou didn't fight the eighty eight. No, I mean when, uh, yeah, Beatrix Kiddo. I was uh, I was asking like, what was your favorite scene from that movie? My favorite scene is when Lucy Lou cut the nigga's head off. Oh yeah, because he called her a half breed. Yeah, yeah, she definitely. She had to show her her dominance, like. Yeah, she runs the yakuza. Yeah, so I thought. I mean, it was just a great movie. It's probably one of Quentin Tarantino's best movies mm-hmm. that he's directed. Another one I like that he did from Dust of Dawn. That is definitely campy, but it was good. Um, I, 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 Quentin Tarantino is very polarizing. He's he's a polarizing figure that whose work I actually do enjoy. Like I enjoyed, like it's it's a lot, but like I enjoyed Django, um, the Kill Bills, Dust of Dawn. Um, what's another Quentin Tarantino movie I like? Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, that's all just to name a few. But yeah, he's he does a lot. Django, I always crack up. The scene that always gets me is when they were mad about the um, the hoods. <laughs> yes, that is your favorite part. Django, Django was good too. What? I said Django was good. Yeah. He's like, that dear nigga on a horse. Oh, Samuel Jackson was the biggest coon in that movie. <laughs> But yeah, no. When they were arguing about the fucking hoods, and she, he was like, "My wife worked all night on these hoods." It was like, it's, he was like, "I'm not coming back. I'm leaving." But they couldn't see through the holes. 
Oh my gosh. I'm tired, y'all. But um, we can just go ahead and jump on this elevator. Are you going up or down? I'm going up. As am I. Okay. So, am I starting off? Sure. Going up. So, uh, it's a three-part. So, what I'm going to start off first is this family. Um, so, I went up to New York. I wasn't going to go, but um, I wound up going because my my mother and my niece and nephew came down, but my niece and nephew needed to go back. And I was going to drive. I didn't really want to drive. So, I was like, you know, I'll go on a bus with them or whatever. And then I was like, I don't want to go. But I needed that. Um, being with my family and just being ha- having a change of scenery was what I needed. I didn't know that I needed it, but I truly needed it. And, you know, um, when you look at your family and, and you spend time with your family, and you realize that your, fa- like, your family dynamic is not the same with every family. Like, what you and your family have, other people may not have. or You know what I mean? So you appreciate it. Like, me and my family are very close. Very. Yes, very close. Um, and when you don't get to see them as much or interact with them as much, you realize how much you miss them. Mm-hmm. Absence makes the heart go fonder. No, definitely. But I'm just saying, COVID kind of really made it like, oh shit, like it did because we. Was, I'm used to seeing my family once a month. Like yeah, we would go up to New York like probably every other month on like if on average. Yeah. So that's that's the first one. The other thing is black TikTokers on strike. This is the best and funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and it just, fun. again, just shows our, our power and, and our, you know, like I seen one and, and the guy was like just putting his middle fingers up and then they stole it and the person got like 800,000 views from it. But it's just like they like, but now because we're not even doing anything, it's like, damn. They stuck. It, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, this is, we all, if anyone who may not know, like, Megan Sta- Meg the Stallion's new song "Thought Shit," you know, is definitely prime music for like tic- a TikTok dance to be made to it. But the black TikTokers made, you know, came together and was like, "We're not gonna do a dance for it, so that way white TikTokers can appropriate it and then get famous off of it and get more likes, followers, and uh, and you know, spotlight because of it." And so the white TikTokers have been sick trying to come up with their own dances and these shits are the fuck terrible the funniest one to me is when they like kind of like wave their arms in the hand like this like that shit makes me laugh so hard because i'm like they like the the lack of creativity just like astounds me but um well i like that we are able to take it back and say listen like i honestly and this is gonna sound we can't be racist what's the other prejudice mm-hmm. but i wish we kind of had something for our own <laughs> segregation is what they'll call it but yeah well you know when when you're honestly though when you're the oppressed culture it's not necessarily segregation it's more like you're creating a safe space for yourself i, I see it from that lens of like yeah but you know we, we live in a society where people will be like well you're being you're segregating us or you know what i mean They'll find a way to make it about them. So mm-hmm. for me, that's all I'm saying. Um, but I just wish it was something like a secret code, like like a speakeasy that only black people know about. Mm-hmm. Safe. I mean, I like that. A safe space just for the black people. You can come here. You can be yourself. You can create dances where people ain't going to steal it or anything like that. Like, it's crazy to think that people got famous off of the dances that black people made and people glamorize 
those other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Taylor's old as time. It's just like, I know. Rock, I, it's like I mean, rock music, music in the 50s yeah. and the 60s. Like, the, the, the whitewashing of famous, of popular songs, and then you just make it, you know, watered down. It's the same shit, just a different platform. And that's the thing. Like, they, like, you know, these, these platforms and stuff are created, and, or, you know, things will happen, and black people are excluded from it. And so then we say, okay, but well, we're just going to make our own thing. And then people get mad and be like, well, why can't we join? Why can't we? Why are you over there? You never make nobody happy. What's your third thing, though? Third thing. Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. Oh, versus. I need to watch it. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. But from what I saw, I mean, I already knew Bow Wow was going to wash him. Mm-hmm. But it, it just it just took you back to, like, your childhood. You know what I mean? Because Bow Wow was like my childhood going into adulthood pretty much. And then Soldier Boy came towards my adulthood. Like a lot yeah. of his music was 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 college music. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely it definitely gave me a, a nostalgic feeling and you know, I've been to like I feel like I went to to one or two scream tours with my cousin Chantel. Um, I had never been to a Scream tour. And Bow Wow, I mean, he was always the headliner, but he, he he's a performer. So when yeah. he was doing verses, he was performing. And they were funny and joking, and it was just a good time. Yeah. It was truly just a good time, and it was something positive to see. Um, and so, those are my things. Well, that's good. I got I wasn't able to watch the verses last night. Because you thought being a thought. Definitely wasn't. I, it, but that'll transition into my... Uh, um, my elevator which i'm still going to continue going up and that was that i got to be in my old neighborhood this weekend um we talk a lot about growing up in new york um but especially when it pertains to like the time that tj and i since tj and i have been together but that all a lot of those scenes are set in harlem and um for anyone who may not know that but they if you've listened to this long enough you should know i'm from queens specifically hollis and but she tricked me because she went to school in Harlem. But that's, a, that's never tricked you. Never talked about being from anywhere else Let but Harlem. Let my story work. No, let my story go. Um, no, I didn't no. say that you told me. I said you tricked me. I'm not gonna do that. Um, so, um, yeah, but I got to go to my own neighborhood. I went to Hollis this weekend um, because um, a close family friend is having a baby. She's doing August, and so my sister and I we got up there. Uh, we got with my sister's friends, and it was like at one point I had to meet. I had to drop Tatum to TJ in Harlem, and then I had to make my way to Queens. And when I was in the Uber, it was right as we were getting right before I got to my sister's other friend's house before we had all headed to the baby shower. I drove past my childhood home, which we don't own anymore. Um, sold it, and it, you know it looks different. They've remodeled the outside and put a lot of stuff up in the front or whatever and it was just like you know I got a lot of nostalgia and just about my memories and then also to like being I'm from Queens but like I didn't I, I, I lived in Queens from 1 to 18 but the years that I would have been like the years that you are when you start to kind of venture out on your own I was in Harlem because I was in middle school and high school in Harlem so I don't have like my bearings as strong in Queens. Like I know like where I'd be going like in the the radius like the 10 
15 block radius like around my 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 home but like everywhere else it's all like you know uh i think i remember this and the other but it was just like it was just kind of it was nice but it was a little bittersweet because i'm like i was outside of gabby's pizzeria which has like the best pizza in queens as far as i'm concerned um you know i went past the you know the poppies which is the bodega that's on um hollis excuse me hollis ave which is two blocks from my house i was at you know like my sister's friends that still live there, like the houses that I like spent most of my childhood in, and when I was trying to like tag along after my sister and and keep up with her, um, you know I'm there, and it was just it was nice, it was bittersweet, but it was more sweet than bitter, um, and it like just reminded me that too, like I need to make sure that like Tatum has. And Trey will have, like, a familiarity with, like, where their mom grew up. Even though, like, it's not my most, you know, I don't, ha- I don't have the... Why are you shaking your head? Go ahead. They need to understand, like, where mommy is from Hollis. And this is what it means to live in Hollis. And then also, like, just, like, they need to understand, like, daddy's from Harlem. So, like, you know, just understanding, like, their their New York roots from both the Harlem and the Hollis perspective. Even though mine is a little bit more skewed, it's still very much a part of the fabric of who I am. Just show them like New Jack City or Jungle Fever and all the crack scenes, and you got it. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm playing. No, I think that's important. Because like they, you know, like I had to explain to Tatum, just to put into perspective, right? Tatum and Trey grew up, or grow, are going to grow up in a house. And so when I was dropping Tatum off, we come across the GW, the ugh, words, the George Washington Bridge. And she looks at the, to her right, she sees the river. She looks to her left, she sees buildings. So she's like, Mommy, what are these buildings on the rocks over here? And so I look and I go, Oh, they're apartment buildings. And she goes, What's that? And I was like, Oh shit. I have to explain apartment buildings to my daughter because. Nobody she knows that she sees us on a regular basis lives in an apartment building. And even though when we go to New York, even even her grandparents in New York don't live in an apartment. So only when we visit like other, if we were to visit your brother, we would visit, you know, your grandmother's, like that's where she would be in an apartment. But then still like the concept of like where she is, she's just thinking, you know, we're getting on an elevator, we're going to somebody's house. But like bringing that concept together and like the fact that we don't use that term, we'll say we're going to Uncle Anthony's house or we're going to Grandma Hattie's house. And putting that concept together for her. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, this is something that, you know, you kind of don't realize that when you, your child or children grow up in a different sort of environment than you grew up in, how you're going to have to, like, clarify shit for them in that way. And that was, like, it blew my mind having to explain apartments to Tatum this weekend. But, um, (laughs) shut up. But I'm still glad we did it. And I'm still glad we get to go up there. And I'm glad I got to see my, you know, my old neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, and I think what it will allow for us to do is to make sure that we expose Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when we go up to New York, she's used to being able to run out because, again, we have a driveway and all that stuff. You can't just run out in New York because you run in the street or you may run into people and it's a different feel. But it's a lot of different things that we kind of will be able to teach our children. Yeah. So. Yeah, and also just being patient with them because... Sometimes, like, they don't, she doesn't understand, like, 
you know, she's always like looking around. Like when we're in New York, she's always like looking up and around and over there because everything looks like new and fascinating. And, you know, as we as New Yorkers, A, we grew up with this, so we know what it is. It's nothing fancy or special to us. And you also know, like, you know, you put the blinders on, you just start, you walk, like, you, get to, you, put, you keep, it's funny, like, you put your blinders on and you keep your head on a swivel at the same time. And she's just like, what's that? Ooh, ooh. And I'm like, oh, my baby is so suburban. But tis what it is. But that's all I have for my, um, elevator talk for today and we are going to now transition into our relationship tip of the week you can go i can go um my relationship tip of the week can especially go for relationships but can go for any ships regardless just it it more so depends on the uh the current state of one of the people in the relationship and that is do not dismiss a person's being emotional or a woman's person being emotional on pregnancy or their period period full stop don't do it it definitely came from me so it did because you were wrong i guess if I somebody apologize. is i apologize i forgive you unless somebody offers that up and says i can i feel it i feel different i feel like i'm acting out of sorts because I feel like my hormones are getting the best of me or whatever. If somebody can say, says that, then that's where you roll with it for that that instance, not the whole time. And then you just, but you don't say, oh, you're just being emotional because you're pregnant. That is the quickest way to get a karate chop to the throat. And had we been in the same room, I may have done it. You are known for trying to put hands. Because you're from Queens. They don't teach uh, conflict resolution. <laughs> they don't teach conflict. Nigga, you have no conflict resolution. I definitely do. Have I ever put my hands on you? Never. Never. No, but do you know how to have talk? Have you ever put do your you hands know, on me? Do you know how to talk to people? Have you ever put your hands on me? Once. All right. Violent. I mean, for what it's worth, for all the times I've chosen violence in my head, that's a pretty good record. Not at all. A woman should never put her hands. A person should never put their hands on anybody. But Especially it doesn't mean I don't think about mushing you in your face okay. a lot of times. Because sometimes you act like you act Sounds like pretty violent to me. You act like somebody who didn't get like punched in the mouth a couple good times when you were younger, that's all. I didn't. Exactly. Why would someone punch me in my mouth? Because your mouth is reckless sometimes. Mm. It's not reckless. It can be. Okay then. Just don't get me there. Don't you can't put the onus on other people? Nah, I can't. So you're putting the onus of wanting to hit somebody on somebody else. No, I'm talking. Put I'm putting onus. the onus. No, I'm putting the onus of you knowing, watching your mouth and what comes out of it on you. you. Got it. And then it's on, the onus is on the person to make sure they restrain themselves so they don't go upside your so head. Relationship tip was what again? Do not try to diminish somebody's emotions, saying it's because they're pregnant or because they have their period. Got you. If a person, if a woman, I didn't, I didn't a, say anything about your period, though. Well, because, you. but that's and the, I wouldn't. That's the other you have, though. When I was like super duper but, young, maybe but the, the point. But the point I'm saying though is that oftentimes people will dismiss a woman's emotions in a, in the moment because she either is pregnant or she has. has they think, what are you on your period? So I was saying it to cover both bases. Got you. Obviously, I haven't experienced a period since the end of last year. So, and before that, you and that good old IUD, feel me? Yeah, but I was getting my period regularly. You had IUD? When I, 
not the whole time, but when I after I had the weight loss surgery, I started getting my period regularly again. So once I lost the weight, I still had the ID, but and then I got my period regularly. What? <laughs> what you liked it when I didn't get my period, but I wasn't pregnant? Facts. Well, sorry for biology. It's what helps make you a father. I get it. So, yes, the things our bodies go through. And we thank you. But what's your relationship tip of the week, sir? Um, inspired by this weekend, make sure to make time being apart. Um, as I said, Danny was with her sister in, in New York. And I was also with my brother, ironically, in New York. And uh, it allowed me to miss her. Um, even though we were kind of beefing, but it allowed me to still like, you know what I mean? Like, it's good when your partner can do their own thing. You could do your own thing. Y'all can travel apart. Y'all can, do, you know, do stuff apart and it's not an issue. You're not like texting them like, where are you? What are you doing? Da, 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 and vice versa. Like, it's good when y'all have your own things. They say absence make the heart go grow fonder so mm-hmm. um I, I do believe that but it was just kind of cool like you know what i mean we're in the same city or we could have been together but it's just like nah you do your thing i do my thing and mm-hmm. like we crossed paths when we needed to yeah. and then that was it and it was good like we was you know we was keep, we were keeping up with each other like as far as like talking about you know whatever was going on or you know um coordinating like you know oh what time you know we leaving and stuff like that so like the, the regular stuff um but it was good and like TJ and I, we even had our couples therapy session. Like, he was at a bar or at a restaurant or something like that. I was in New Jersey, and we made it work. And we had our session, and we, um, you know, TJ was out with his brother. I was out with my sister and her friends. And I was glad to have that time to spend with them. Just like I know TJ was glad to have the time to spend with his family and his friends. And... Like, yeah, like, you don't have to always be up under each other. And the thing is, like, you know, and that's a good thing, though, too, is because we know we both enjoy the time that we do spend with each other's families. But just when things happen, we double book, like, we divide and conquer, and that works. And it was a lot of fun. And it was even nice being at the baby shower I was at this weekend. It was it was giving me the energy, the vibe that I kind of hope to have for ours, which is, like, black ass, good music, good food, chill, you know, like... I think there was like two baby games tops and you know everybody was just fellowshipping and I loved it. So that being said, our relationship tips are wrapped up and now it is time for our black history fact for this week. Um I'll go first and then you can end it. Um and on this day by the time you guys are hearing this, which is June 28th, uh Monday, June 28th, um the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously overturned the draft evasion conviction of the Muhammad Ali. So if anyone is unfamiliar, during the Vietnam War, Muhammad Ali was drafted by the United States government, but he refused to fight because he felt like, why am I going to go? I'm a, I come from poor black people over here. Why am I going to go kill poor Asian people over there? And he refused to do that, so he was convicted of like do- draft dodging. Um, but that then, is so crazy. What? Because it's like we were good. To, we we're good enough to fight for you. We're like, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. fact, oh, we gotta go fight this war now. Black people could be here, and even then, they still treated black people terrible. Yeah, we like were still, we were still dispensable. And then, and then, you know, I may have said it on on, an episode, on a previous episode, but. 
the black soldiers used to have to come home and not put the, not come home in their uniform because they used to hang them in their uniform. Like, how crazy is it that you hate us so much that when you need us, we were good for you, and even then, we're still not good enough for you, but we need you. It's kind of like I'm gonna pick you because I have to. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, wait. And then I just learned about something just earlier today. I was on Twitter, and they were talking about. Um, this like battle that happened in England during World War Two, and of course something that's never shared with us, and it was called the Battle of. Oh gosh, of course I'm looking for it, but it's it's too far down her thread. Oh here it is. So, it was called the Battle of Bamber Bridge, and it started when U.S. military police attempted to arrest African American soldiers at a local pub, only to be attacked by British locals and other black troops. This was during the UK during World War II. It says, British locals at the time rejected American attempts to import racial segregation, told that they shouldn't allow African Americans to mix with... They were to- So the US military told the British uh, pubs that they shouldn't let blacks mix with, mix with whites. So three pubs in this Bamber Bridge area put up um, signs in their windows that said black troops only. So they were like, okay, you don't want it to mix. So now we'll just only serve black, um, like black troops and local, like British locals. And so after white American military police were driven out of ye old hob in Lancashire by black GIs, British locals and soldiers, they returned armed driving a Jeep mounted with a heavy machine gun. Ensuing firefight has seen seven US soldiers killed and one black GI killed. But then, of course, 39 black American soldiers were arrested for, quote unquote, rioting and mutiny in Bamber Bridge. U.S. commanders privately blamed racist white U.S. officers and military police for harassing and using racial slurs against their men. So even though they started it, 39 black soldiers got arrested for rioting and and mutiny. And the locals were like, nah, like we can, we're not doing this shit here. We'll serve them. Fuck y'all. And then they try to come and arrest them. And get them. And like I've never heard of that until today. So just to your point about you're good enough to serve, but you're still trying to impose like segregation and rules and stuff like that and not even your own fucking country. And that's even dope because, again, it shows that in other countries, they're like, wait, no, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the fact that the other countries like America's b- pretty bad. My black history fact is my fraternity brother. Thurgood Marshall announced his retirement on June 28, 1991, 24 years after 24 years of service. Um, mm-hmm. So um, he, was, he was the Supreme Court Justice and he mm-hmm. retired after 24 years in 1991. So. Dope. And he was the first yes. black um, Supreme Court Justice. So. Yes, he was. Too so. bad he was followed by that coon, Clarence Thomas, but that's neither here nor there. Shout out. The alphas leading the way. Yes. There. Shout out to everybody leading the way. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Nah, um, no, that's really dope. And I'm go- and I didn't realize he only served twenty four years. I thought it was longer. But Who has the longest? I don't know who has the who's been. I'm sure Ruth Bader Ginsburg was up there since she did it all the way till she died. She was holding on because of uh Trump. But um it's a lifetime appointment, so you either have to retire or die. William O. Douglas. Yeah, they're trying to get. They're trying to strong. Years. They're trying to strong arm. Uh, I think Breyer is the name. They're trying to get him out of here so Biden can put another 
more liberal uh, one up there. So they're calling for his uh, retirement. We'll see if that happens. But now it is time for TJ's word of the week where he tries to stump me. Sometimes he succeeds on rare occasions. Oh, fuck. It's what you do. No, I was trying to pull up the pronunciation because, you know, you'd be like, can you pronounce it? Yeah, you because pronounce it right. pronunciation isn't My your your strong suit. My name is Danny. You got mad at me the other day when I tried to correct your pronunciation of a word. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because it's analysis and you fuck it up all the time. How did, how did I say it? Because when you mean to say analysis, you say analyst, like the person who does the analysis. All right. And I was just trying to help you out. And I was like, analysis. And you're like, what What did I say? And I was like, you say analyst. What? It, it, it. They are not the same. You got it. My word of the week is doldrums. Make sure I pronounce it correctly. Doldrums. Doldrums. I'm sorry, I played a little louder. Oh my gosh. I just didn't hear it. Doldrums. 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 Never heard of it. A state or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. The mortgage market has been in has been in the doldrums for three years. Hmm. D O L D R U M S. You got it right. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I think that's two weeks in a row. I'm trying to keep the streak continuing. Does, when does the streak start? Is it doing after just after two, or is it like three or more? I think two. Okay. Once it's once it's more than one, that's a streak. I know, but you know, it's like a few and many is like a few is like three or four, many is like five or more. I was just trying to make sure where I live. That's but, what I said. I think. Yeah. I might be wrong. Well, shout out to me, and I'm smart or smartish because I could spell. Um, but thank you for that. Two weeks in a row. Gonna try and keep it and keep it going. And now we're going to switch gears and get into our quarrel or conversation, depending on how things go. And this week, I we are gonna talk a little bit about, I guess, stress and imposter syndrome and feeling overwhelmed. Things that I think many of us are familiar with. Um, this past week, I've really like kind of have been having some internal struggles with like feeling like I'm just not working at my peak potential right now. Like I'm not focusing enough or I'm not pushing myself, but then it's like, how did I get this far? If I feel like I'm doing nothing, not enough and everything at the same time. And it's kind of led to some like more, I wouldn't call them flat out arguments with TJ, but some like heated conversations around like, him kind of, I guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like maybe being like flustered or frustrated at what you feel like is me not demonstrating the level of confidence you think I should possess for, of myself. And that part is just difficult sometimes because I feel like especially with work, like right now it's like work. You know, sometimes I've had it with parenting or other parts of my life or being a wife. Right now I just feel like with work, like I'm, I feel kind of like drift kind of out there flailing in the wind but there are things I kind of I did have a conversation with my sister when we were riding up to New York and she gave me some good ideas about how to like reset and revisit but 
I'm someone who operates well with like a framework. And in my current position, I don't have a framework. I'm like, it's not about reinventing the wheel. I have to like invent the wheel. And that's not my like natural wheelhouse, for lack of a better term, of like how I operate or how I my mind works. And I'm just like, sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall because I just don't know where to start, where to go, who to ask. Sometimes I don't want to ask, or not not want to ask. Sometimes I'm like hesitant to ask because I feel like I might not. It's like, am I asking a question I should already know the answer to? Um, and yeah, it's just like, I am never, every new job I ever get, I hate the uncomfortability that comes along with feeling like you don't know what you're doing. That's like one of my biggest, like that's probably my most uncomfortable feeling emotionally wise like the the un, the, the feeling of like being unclear is so frustrating to me and it just makes me think like how did i make it this far when i feel like there's so much there's so little clarity that i'm operating out of like and i don't know i just feel like i'm tripping sometimes and maybe i don't i've just been lucky but what do you think, babe? I think you need to give yourself more credit. I think, I think, you know, you got to be a little more confident. Like, like you did it. You know what I mean? Like, someone didn't do it for you. You've been doing it by yourself and doing everything else. So the fact that it's just like you're questioning yourself. I, I, I don't know. I feel like you, you should be more confident. Like, you've done it. Yeah, but I guess I feel that way because I feel like I haven't gone hard in the paint every single second of every single day. So imagine you are not giving 100% and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than anything, it. I mean, I can understand whatever, but you're not doing 100% or you're not giving it your all because you don't know how to or you're afraid to. Or sometimes I feel like I'm spread too thin. Yeah, but if you're spread too thin, that's when you got to set up your boundaries so that way you're not spread too too um thin. Like, you know what I mean? It's okay to say, I don't want to do this or I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it is. But it's just like, I also like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to miss out on stuff or like I'm holding other people back or I'm, you know, like if... My- I know, but if some, you hold someone back, someone will tell you, hey, you're holding us back or whatever. Like, I can't see them not doing that. I can't see it being a thing like, no, Danny, you're wrong on this situation or, or whatever. So, personally. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, and I, and I know this thing will come and go and I feel like, you know, I think I'm also a little nervous because like I'm leading up this project, I'm running these committees... I'm, but you're built for it. I know, but I feel like I'm not. Sometimes I feel like I'm still like. Well, that may be the overwhelm. Maybe because you are you are one. I mean, listen, I get there. I, hate, I, I, I get overwhelmed. I don't like think when things aren't not organized well enough for me, or if it like the idea shifts, mm-hmm. that can be hard for me. But if you're giving it, well, again, you're not a hundred percent giving it your all. But I'm saying like if you're giving it your all, it's nothing that you can you can't do. I think it is because we are in these positions that are different and we've never been in these type of positions and you don't want to mess up because it's kind of like if you mess up, you know, like you're going up, you don't want to. 
It's a fear of failure. Yeah. yeah, it's a fear but of failure. And it's, what it's I've like, learned is failure, failure, it's only a failure if you don't learn from it. Yeah. And I just don't want to embarrass myself. And like, I say that it's not that I don't give myself, a, it's not like I, I just bullshit and pussyfoot all day, every day. It's just that like, I have days where I'm like, ooh, I've been super productive. I was bossing up. And then other days I'm like, I'm home. And like being home, being, you know, COVID and this time frame, it's like I'm home, but like, it's really hard to just be like, I'm only in work mode when I'm home, when Tatum's here. Or even if I'm by myself and I'm like, okay, I'm finally alone. TJ's gone. Tatum's gone. I can do a load of laundry. I can put this away. Oh, I needed to grab this. Oh, I needed to order this. I need to make sure that we have this for the house. And it's like these competing priorities. And I guess it's because I'm trying to do work in one setting, but the, the setting I'm in is meant for home. And it's like, it gets kind of, mixed up and so i just feel like i'm juggling both you know and then like when the weekend comes i that's like the time where i just want to like decompress and i want to do i want to not think about all the things i'm thinking about during the week so like when it comes to like all the household responsibilities all the work responsibilities i just want to see the people i love and hang out and and do that and and so you know speaking to the choir love i I feel you i feel you and 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 i think it's important that we you know we kind of talk these things through so we can figure it out because i get you give yourself what i say give yourself grace control the things you can control and set the boundaries yeah because i i just i worry i'm like yo they're gonna be like we have no use for you you don't you haven't produced anything like why are we keeping you here like we'll just save money in the budget because everything in schools systems come down to budget and like my position isn't like, like you know they joke it's not the joke but like the, co- the a common saying is like the safest place is the classroom because like it's teacher shortage so niggas need teachers but coming out of the classroom means i may i sometimes i feel like i'm on a tightrope of sorts or like i've been given grace am i like am i taking advantage am i am i i don't even know and that's why i get nervous and then like i'm about to have this baby so then i'm going to be out again and what is that going to look and feel like um, and like, am I just, I don't know. I just sometimes, I guess my, I go back and forth with like, am I enough? Am I doing enough? And am I enough? And I know the answer 89% of the time is yes. But there's like 11% of the time where I'm just like, I feel like I'm falling short in some capacity. Or it's like, if I'm giving my all to work in this moment, I'm Slipping on my pimping when it comes to my my mom, to Tatum being a mom to Tatum, or to giving you your attention, and then sometimes you know TJ comes in and he's having a bad day, so I'm trying to also be supportive of him, or I'm trying to help him with something, you know, because he you know. Yeah, but not every day you're gonna be the most perfect wife or mother or whatever, and you have to give yourself that grace. Period. I know. It's and and like you it's know, not intentional. We're humans. I know. We're figuring it out. I know. But you have to be nicer to yourself because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like I just, I, I feel like I don't, and I hate that feeling. But, like, like, this is not to sound cocky, for lack of a better term. But, like, I do know I'm a smart person. And I do, like, knowing, feeling like I know what I'm talking about. So, when I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, that shit makes me, like, it makes my, like, me want to, like, scratch my brain from the inside like I can't explain it like it's such an uncomfortable feeling for me to feel like especially like if it's something I feel like I'm supposed to know but I don't know that frustrates me and 
you know. But you have to figure out why that frustrates you. You have to figure out why, because again, we're not going to know everything. We're not. I just it's for me. It's 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 a, it's a little more specific of like feeling like I'm I'm I don't know things I'm supposed to know about. I know, but what things are you supposed to know about that you don't feel like you know? About? Stuff at work, and you know, and because I I don't know everybody who I should talk to, but then it's like I I could probably stand to be more like just like throwing myself out there, like hey, who, who do I follow up with this or who do I follow up with that on? But sometimes I get overwhelmed and I'm like I don't even know where to start, and it's like some people don't even know I exist in in the, the district because of my position and I just like I need a win I need something tangible to say I did this I saw this through I love this Danny is valuable and that's the pressure I'm, I'm putting I, on I, myself I, I know but exactly you're putting pressure on yourself if they didn't think that you were valuable or anything like that they would have let you know I know so it, it it's not a thing of maybe it's the it's just the imposter syndrome yeah I, I, I definitely think it is I think you need to get out of your head and under I do. I do need to get in my head. I'm tired of being in my head. My head. My I overthink a lot of things, and this is one of them. And I'm just. I'm tired. You know, we're sitting here recording, and I'm thinking about the twelve different things I need to get done before eleven a.m. tomorrow. So stop thinking about it. I know the fact that I was gonna. I was like so. Like I went to my my home chapters. Like our forty six charter day just passed. And they had this nice little like picnic thing at the park. And I wasn't going to go. I was like, I'm just going to stay home. I got to do work. We just got back from Mar- from New York, from Maryland. But I went because I'm like, I don't get these opportunities that often. But then I'm like, I just don't want to feel guilty about it either. But uh, this is just, it's just one of those ebbs and flows, you know? Like sometimes you have them where you feel like kind of like, Nothing's going right in the professional realm, and you know what I mean, babe. And now I'm just kind of having that moment, and I think I just get anxiety about it because about because I feel like I've got two months, two and a half months to like prove myself in for, like for what a year's worth over a year's worth of time. But why do you feel that way? Because I'm going out. I'm going to have a baby and be out for a while, so it's not like and, I'm going to have time life. to make up for it to like. To, to make to make sure I end on a high note so that way people will be like I know so have you have you had a conversation with your boss and told her how you feel have uh, you said hey I feel like I'm not doing well so I need you to let me know if I am or not explicitly no recently I've talked to like our office manager and she said she was like nobody she told me like nobody's like tripping off of me or thinking I'm not pulling my weight or anything like that if, if they she was like if they did if she heard that she would like drop me a line and I definitely trust her to have to to have my back with that but it's just it's what i feel it's like i I feel like i'm not doing enough okay and 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 that's gonna make you go crazy yeah i know you don't know because again there's people who have strokes and and heart attacks and all this other stuff because they carry stress at the end of the day if you're doing your job some days you're gonna be a hundred percent. Some days maybe fifty percent. Some days maybe twenty five. Then you may go up to seventy five. You may be at a con- a constant eighty. Like if you're doing work and you're actually doing stuff, then then you're doing it. Yeah. Like I like just, like I wish like I could clone myself. That's what I wish. I wish I could clone myself. But you're right. You're not gonna be perfect. You're trying to be perfect. You got to stop trying to make situations the way that you think it needs to be. You want to be in control. You don't have control. You wanted to have a vaginal birth. You had a C-section. 
Like, I know, I know. You was trying to go natural. You had to get an epidural. Like every time that you, and then you get you get upset. Like you're setting yourself up for failure. It's kind of like, like you want to be in pain. I guess I feel like. I don't know. I guess I feel like. If I'm not overwhelmed or feeling as stressed as the people next to me, then maybe I'm not working hard. But enough. how do you know if they're stressed, or how do you know? How do you everybody know everybody else is stressed? so stressed? Everybody else is so. But you're stressed too. I'm so confused. I am, but I guess for different reasons. I recognize that this. I, I when I hope to anybody that's listening to this can hope follow me on this is like. I recognize that what I'm saying is isn't logical, but I also hope that people recognize that what I'm saying is like not uncommon for people to feel like this, and that's why I'm just but sharing even, about it. Yeah, but even if people feel feel that way, like what does it have to do with? Because that way, it also makes me feel like I'm not alone in it. That's all. I know, but even if you were alone, if you were, then you were. See, again, you're trying to control the narrative. You're trying to control the situation. And you can't control life. You're worrying too much about the other things. You care about what people think. You care how people may interact. You think, like, you care way too much about other things. You care about people's opinions and how somebody else may interpret their opinions. Like, you can't control those things. I know. And I'm working on it. Like, you want the world to be, you want everyone to be happy. Like, you don't want racism and all this other stuff. And nobody wants those things. But that's the world that we live in. I understand that. And what I said was... My pendulum swing, because you know, we often talk about how you always go from one end of the spectrum to the other. There's no middle ground. My pendulum swing sometimes is that I care too much or I don't care at all. And I need to find like more of a, a, a meeting in the middle. But I'm trying. I, I am really trying. But I appreciate your words of encouragement and your feedback because I I need it. And sometimes I need, like, gentle but firm support f- from you. Like, you got this. You can do this. But I always tell you that. No, you do. But, you know, but I'm just re- like I'm, I'm reinforcing the, the things that I want from you versus, you know. I got you. The, I think the stuff you're the is like, you're just tri- you're, you're I... tripping. Why are you, why are you, this, that's stupid for you to think like that. Like, it's just like, you know, affirm my feelings and then tell me. And give you know, and give me encouraging words. What were you saying though? No, I'm 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 saying that I I think you got it all. So it's just like to hear somebody who when I look at you, I'm like, yo, she's knocking shit out. She's multitasking. She's she's really doing it. And you're talking about you're talking about it as if it's like you're not doing it. I'm just like, are we not looking at the same thing? Are we not? You know what I mean? Like perception is reality for real. I think you knock it out the park all the time. You're always taking calls. You're on. You're answering emails. You're doing this. You people call you, and you have the answers. Like you know what you're talking about. And I'm like, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But you know, if I don't have the answer, I'll tell somebody I don't have the answer, and I'm gonna look into it. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm very honest. I'm very honest about what it is, and what I've learned is communication is key. And that's why I ask: Have you spoken to your boss and kind of what what your fears? to her because well i i haven't specifically talked to her about that but we haven't had an opportunity to link up because 
She has very little bandwidth, so it's like our schedules get our, our schedules crosswise. She, she was out for vacation last week. Well, I won't say yeah. Your manager, if you ask for a one on one, if you ask to speak to you, they should make the time. And and but and, and again, in all fairness, I haven't asked for like okay. So then, like I, I need to talk to you. I haven't been like that either. I, I got you. I, and I'm only saying doing do that if if you are really worried. But other than that, like your manager's job is to manage you and to make sure that you're good. So. Mm-hmm. If you said, "Hey, I needed to speak to you," and your manager said, "Hey, I'm I'm too busy," that would be crazy, and I don't think that that would be the case. I think that they would be like, "Okay, let's put some time on your schedule and, and then go from there." Like, I think it's okay for us to have the conversation to and 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 inquire. Like, your manager, the boss of the company, or like we're human beings. We got to be able to have true conversations, and it's not saying. I'm not going to do my job or whatever. It's saying I'm kind of confused where I'm at and I just want to make sure that I'm doing well. I'm in a class right now and I and I had very much anxiety and because I'm a big believer like when you're doing school or whatever, if you like bother the teacher, like ask questions or make them, you know, call them out, then now they're going to attack you. They're going to look mm-hmm. out for you. But I'm six weeks in and we've done multiple assignments and there's no grade up there. And I'm like, I put it inside a discussion board because I seen that one of my colleagues, um, classmates put it in there. She didn't respond to him. She didn't respond to me. So I sent her an email and I said, hey, I'm, hey, professor, I'm just sending you an email to check on you. Make sure that you're okay. And then I went into whatever and she responded and it was probably like, yeah, I'm good, but, you know, don't worry about the grades. I'm sure you're fine. But it was still like. I'm pretty sure I may have caught her off guard, but for me, I'm like, like I paid money for this. Mm-hmm. I need this. I, I need to pass this class. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to ask the questions just to make sure. Because at the end of the day, if I don't ask the question and I'm failing or whatever the case may be, I can't go back and be like, "Well, you should have told me" or whatever. I have no paper trail to show that. But now I can say, "Hey, I reached out to her and, and I told her she hasn't posted any grades." And here go other stuff. So it's really a way to kind of CYA cover your ass, but yeah. it. I feel like we have to be okay with doing things that we think people wouldn't like or whatever. And and again, you have a big thing of thinking for other people because you you want to control the situation. You want everybody happy. You don't know what your boss schedule is like. Just because she has meetings, whatever, unless she told you, hey Danielle, I'm swamped and. That's different, but you can't assume that she's super swamped. Because what if what if she's organized her life to a way where she can have fifteen meetings in a day and doesn't bother her, mm-hmm. or she can stay up late? But you wanna you are trying to assume how she is or how she could be, or because again, you always try to control the situation and you can't control it. I know. I I try to I do try to sometimes I think for other people come and try to, in, in the in the spirit of being considerate and but it sometimes blows up in my face so just another thing on the list for me to work on but i appreciate the conversation i do too well that's all i got right now how about you um yeah i'm i don't have much else (laughs) you know um but i do want you to like, you got to know your worth, regardless of the situation, regardless of what you think, because it's not about what Danielle thinks and 
Well, sorry. It is about what Danielle thinks. But if you think negative, you're going to push out negative. I know. You're you right. have to like wake up in the morning and remember who you are. Remember the, the accomplishments you did. Like I said, when we were at T. Rowe Price, you were there for four years. And in four years, you had three different positions in the organization. I was there for five years. And I went from an intern to one position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was probably easier for you at that time. And, and, and again, we have to also remember where we're at in our lives work-wise. We're at a higher level. So we have more shit that we have to do. You know what I mean? When you were younger, it was easier. Mm-hmm. When I was like, when I was just a customer service rep, that was it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I leave from for, for, from from work, again I have a work cell phone. I have an email that someone, a brother may send an email at midnight. I, I've had that. Mm-hmm. Now I have to manage it. So we have more responsibilities. It's kind of like when they say like more money, more problems. It's like mm-hmm. more experience, more problems. Like. As you grow and as you get more responsibilities in the workforce, things may get busier. I never understood it because, again, when you became a teacher, you were like, I have all this stuff. I I didn't understand it because work-wise, we weren't doing the same thing. But when I came to my job and I was managing, I'm like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Okay. And and again, it gave me appreciation for the, the, the employee that I used to be. Mm-hmm. I can understand why my managers probably didn't like me. Mm-hmm. I can understand because, yeah, I was trying to cut corners and I was trying to find ways to, this is the rule, but I'm going to find a way because I knew better. I understand that. I understand it so much more because it's like the managers just wanted to do their job and manage. And I gave them a hard time because I was in my head because of whatever, because I did not know any better. Yeah. So now that I know better, I'm like, I get it. It helps me manage my employees better. I understand it. I'm not going to, you know, what's the solution? Let's figure it out. Even that, you know what I mean? I used to hate when I was in retail and a manager will tell you, you can't do something. So, you know, or, or well, not you, but that the customer can't get a discount or whatever. And then... You tell the customer this. They say, I want to speak to the manager. You go get the manager. Manager comes out. They have a conversation. And then the manager gives them a discount. And now you're looking like a fucking idiot because you told them you couldn't do it. And the manager said. Comes in looking like the hero. Yeah. When all the manager had to do is be like, go ahead, you can do it. Because if I empower my staff, they're going to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like morale is so important. But I used to hate that. So I would make sure I would never do that. I give people their 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 credit and I don't manage in in that way. Like, hey, these are the things that you can do and I want to empower you to do it. Yeah. Hey, you need some help? Let me send you to this person. I don't have to do it. Because my people have have it to be able to do it as well. And we just have to get into a space where it's it, it's okay. Yeah. I'm trying my best to not live in my own head because sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's dark and frustrating. But thank you. You're welcome. Well, folks, I think this is a good place to wrap things up. Um, If you have any feedback for us, make sure you hit us on Instagram at Lover's Coral Show. 
on Twitter at LoversCoral7 or email us at LoversCoralShow at gmail.com. Shout out to our girl Court, uh, Court Plus on Instagram. She sent us two very thorough, heartfelt, impactful, insightful messages based on like two of our more recent episodes. And we really thank you and value your input and your insight. Um, I even read them to like my mother-in-law and my sister because I was like, damn, like sometimes it feels like we're just talking to each other and not to out, you know, and out into the void, but people are listening to us. And to the point that you guys have really gotten to know our personalities well. So you're able to give like feedback that sounds like people we know in real life, you know, or people we know, you know, personally would tell us. And I just want to make sure that we publicly um, shout her out for taking the time to share her thoughts and feelings. And we hope that we continue to live up to your expectations, girl. But as always, this has been another episode of Lovers Quarrel. And you know that I am your girl, Danny. And I'm your guy, TJ. And we fuss. We fight. But but we we love. love. Bye. Bye. Love you, Buckethead. Oh, I love you too. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.